Here at Lake Grove Presbyterian Church, we recognize the complexity of this season and are inviting all of us to reflect on our experience of this complicated and uncertain time. Hi everyone, welcome to Caring Conversations. We are in episode seven and today we wanna to talk about a certain topic. And Susan, I am really glad and interested in the topic that you chose. So the topic is anger. Tell me a little bit about how anger is seen and experienced, especially during this time. Well, I'm glad to be with you again this, this morning. Um, um, my goodness, I bet it wouldn't take people more than about 30 seconds to find an example of anger around them. If you turn on the news or you open a social media feed, if we maybe look within our own heart for just a little bit, we will find some anger there. This has been such a challenging time and I've had um, many a conversation with folks feeling just this sense of, wow, there is just a lot of anger out there. It can be such a surprising feeling and everything from just a small smolder all the way to kind of a fiery response of people. So how about you? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, when you said that we have to look into our own hearts, I think that you're absolutely right. Um, that in our day to day, it's so easy to identify um, anger and the big or the small anger being irritable or, you know, and what does that, what does that say? What does that show? Um, Which Lillian, I think that's the question right there. What is our anger telling us? Mm. And I think the discipline in this time or something to invite ourselves into is actually asking that question. What does my anger have to tell me? And maybe even starting there before, um, and this really is a discipline, before we diagnose or, um, figure out what other people's anger is about. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to look at the outside and go, oh my goodness, they're so angry, but they shouldn't be, da 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 da. What about ours? What are we feeling? You know, anger is such an interesting feeling. Um, and it's almost like there's an iceberg. You know how those icebergs are that you can, the only thing you see above the surface is the anger. When mm -hmm. Maybe something surprising happens. Like it can be really little. Something doesn't work in your kitchen and you're like, oh, why am I so mad about that? Or living in tight quarters like we are right now, your children come in and just like, oh, everything is frustrating and irritating. And we might have a sharp word. And so that's all you can see on the top. But what's happening underneath that surface? Mm. And then... Go ahead, I hear you. Oh, goodness, I have a perfect example that just happened on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you said, it, well, so my example is that we we did go out to the store and um, we were lo looking for a certain item. And uh, so I have three kids and my oldest, who is 10, was feeling really tired. And um, in his fatigue, decided to sit down in the um, checkout aisle. So, you know, there's a line of people behind us and he sat on the floor and the first reaction was anger. 
what are you doing? Why are you sitting on the floor? It's dirty, it's wet, it's muddy. Um, and that's what came out. It was that, that reaction. And then it took, and it does take time for that reaction, that anger to kind of subside a little bit. And you realize what's going on. And what was going on is that we were all tired because we had been out um, and we're not used to going to the store anymore. <laughs> but so we were all tired. We were all kind of hungry, um, you know, and there's so those are just two of the underlying things that were going on. So I, yes, thank you. That's a really good illustration. Um, the iceberg is a really good illustration and description of, um, of how uh, we express right. anger. Right. And you were mentioning just there, even, you know, that's only two of the examples of what's underneath. We're right now living where there is just constantly things that are underneath the surface that, well, A, they cause us anxiety, right? And anger and anxiety often go right hand in hand. Because really, angry, anger is actually a really helpful tool for us. Because we can tell it's getting close to something that is very important to us. Mm -hmm. Like when I wouldn't be surprised as a mama that you weren't thinking you're sitting on the floor. It's full of germs. I don't want you to be sick. I want you to be well, <laughs> right? And then, the, so the instant is how can I make this situation change, right? It, and it's getting close to those things that feel really um, vulnerable in us. And we're, and I think even we're figuring out one of the things of anger, like think of you, you get startled by something, you know, you need to act right now to keep yourself safe. And that's what anger is doing for you. But we need to give ourselves a little bit of calm down time because we may not be actually in an immediate dangerous situation. And yet our body, an incredible gift of God to us is, has gotten us on high alert for some reason. So being able to, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think one of the gifts of the disciplines for us of some silence and stillness is to be able to reflect, let the anger simmer or um, calm down, mm. be able to see what, what is it telling me? Mm. Just like you were describing in that situation. I think one of the challenges too at this time is that we are kind of constantly feeling anger. So it wouldn't hurt to have a daily time where we are being still. Mm. And I think of Psalm 139 in that, you know, Lord, would you test my heart? Know my heart. See the anxiety that's in it. Help me see it. And then lead me in a way everlasting. Um, because anger, yes, if it's a tool for us, but it's not something we want to act out of or live in. I'm guessing that all of us have experienced a destructive anger when an action was taken in the height of that tool that, that actually didn't help. Mm. It wasn't meeting the need that was actually there, but was either overly aggressive or punitive or just mean. Yeah. Would you say that that is the sin? So in the passage where it says, in your anger, do not sin. Yeah. Is that distinction that, yes, so anger is not sin. Let's be clear here. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. Um, anger can be a tool. It could help us in terms of survival, 
Um, it's an emotion that the Lord has given us. In our anger, do not sin. And that sin is what you were just mentioning, right? That um, maybe the out of control, just being mean or punitive, um, like vengeance. Vengeance, yes. Okay. That is exactly it. Because the last thing um, that we want to do is just push it away thinking, well, this isn't an emotion I should have. This isn't Christian. This isn't Christ-like. I can't be angry. Actually, yes, help it. Let it teach you what it needs to teach you. And there's even the example of Jesus being angry in the temple, right? Well, think of what the Lord is protecting there. This is my place, the place of prayer for all people. And here they've turned it into something completely other than that. And so it's an anger that sparks that up and it's protective of something. But we really need the wisdom of the Lord and the Holy Spirit to help us know what to do with it so that we don't sin in that. But we can see, okay, what needs protecting here? Or what maybe do I just have wrong or I need to calm down um, and, and listen for what the Lord might be inviting me to see? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about that. That's a good thought, you know, um, that our anger, what are we trying to protect when we become angry? Um, and seeking the Lord with that question. Because I think, um, I think that oftentimes when we get angry, it's because not because we are protecting the Lord's holiness or God, you know, uh, Christ incarnate in us, or we are not angry because we are, um, someone has violated the Lord's laws. Often we're angry because we're trying to protect ourselves. Maybe it is um, a realization that I, because I don't have control over this person or this situation or this thing, because I can't control it, then I'm angry. Right. And, and then I will kind of lose control right. and become angry. Um, and I think that's a difference, you know, when Jesus was in the temple, he wasn't protecting his own mm. self mm. or his own ideals. Um, he was protecting, being protective of God's authority. God's sovereignty and God's laws. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just, yeah, just wanted to think about that. Like why, um, what are you protecting when you get, get angry? Right. Bring that to the Lord. Exactly. And so being able to, um, um, as we walk with it or try to work with it in our own lives and with those that we love, right? That it may not be the most helpful thing to just try to quell angry. Don't be angry. Don't be mad. Don't yell. But to focus our attention towards what is the, um, what's, what's pushing towards that? What do they sense is being threatened? And then being able to, to help one through asking the Lord, how can we shore that up? How can we anchor more deeply into you mm -hmm. so that we know how to move in this? Um, yeah. And there, there then is that lead me in the way everlasting. So there's this beautiful quote I want to share too. Um, 
that it's attributed to Augustine, but probably not because, and I tried to find it in his writings and I can't. So hopefully it's not just some, well, it doesn't matter. The sentiment is there. I think you'll, you'll hear it. It says, hope has two beautiful daughters. Um, hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage, mm-hmm. anger at the way things are encouraged to see that they do not remain as they are. Now, I don't know that Augustine said that, as we've already mentioned, but right there, I think it's just a little bit of the clue of your anger again is sparking. There is something meaningful that is being treaded on or coming close to be. What is that? And like thinking of God's righteous anger, right, and making something right. Like there has been deep anger boiling in our streets over racial injustice. That needs to be addressed, right? Let your anger show you what has been important, but let the Holy Spirit lead you in the way to respond to it. To not just stay in the boiling pot of anger, but to let it help you have courage to make ways forward. Always remembering the way of Christ is as important as the ends, right? Mm -hmm. We don't get to have different means. Like we can be angry, we can be mean, we can be cruel because we're trying to achieve a good end. That's just not the way, that's not the way of Christ. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good word. I so appreciate that. I think, um, yeah, anger is not destructive, um, but so in that, that there's hope and you have to have anger and courage in order to have hope. And hope is, hope is constructive. Hope is towards change. Hope is um, part of the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And so it's almost like then, can we take that little impetus of anger, what it is, almost like a little flame, this mm-hmm. can get that started. But, mm-hmm. um, but moving in good and gracious, courageous, of the heart ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the invitation in this, and I thought, you know, sit in Psalm 139. If you're listening, you know, go ahead and read through that whole thing. My goodness, the Lord knows our life up and down, every emotion we have. There's no shame, no worry about experiencing all of those in the presence of God. And then let the Lord see your heart and, and shape it. The Lord loves you and will shape you in good and holy and meaningful ways. So... Amen. Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you for talking um, to us all about the importance of anger um, and how being finding space to be still and to visit Psalm 139 as we practice that spiritual discipline. Um, so thank you all for joining us for another episode of Caring Conversations. And until next time, take care. Bye. Blessings.